Is this Ugh. still a show? Is this what we yeah. do now? It's a thing. It's it's something for us to do. Uh, it gets <laughs> us out of the house, except it doesn't. Um. Yeah, get out of the house a little. Oh man. Love that it's like two weeks in a row of us starting just like kind of low energy. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is a thing. It's fine. Yeah, we're all slowly breaking down. It's yeah. no big deal. No big deal. These hard times are not affecting us at all. Living like a mole man really does you wonders. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, the isolation and lack of lack of. <laughs> structure is good for us actually it's really it's nice i feel like we're better people yeah i'm definitely a better person um because i got nothing Speaking of just feeling gross and delightful and sleepy, uh, have we been doing anything fun to curb that? Anybody watching, reading, playing anything? No. Well, just sitting home and you're alone? No. I just like to feel bad. Nice. We could talk about that, but that's a different podcast. How do you feel right now? What make you feel? Out of here. We are not falling to sappery this time and place. We are therapy is sappery. We are we are jaded and that is fun for us. Yes. Fine. Um I mostly just play the shit on video games this week. Yeah. Well, you know Connor knows one of them, which is so the original So Calibur. Yeah. Man. Let's yeah, let's talk about the greatest fighting game of all time. Real quick. Hey, hey, real quick, you guys. <laughs> yes. Real quick. Hello, oh, you're wait. listening to content now. <laughs> it's it's this podcast that we never remember to introduce. <laughs> um Are you sick of us yet? Content nausea here. Yeah, content nausea. Uh every week we gather to talk out our asses. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, we are your hosts. Uh, I'm Eric. I'm Brooke. That's Connor. What? You <laughs> <laughs> left. You don't get to do that. I'm Connor. We were gonna do the cross thing. I was gonna introduce you. You're gonna introduce me. No, 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 no. This is an audio <laughs> format. And I am not attributing anything you say for the next hour to me. <laughs> I am not falling for that shit. Connor's not giving you the like sweet, sweet dulcet tones of him introducing you. You gotta pay money for that. <laughs> I'm not paying him shit. Yeah, it's I'm a, it's, for a, it's free. Like, it's like when we paid Space Ghost to introduce our radio station. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Which we should also do for this. Yeah. yeah. How, much, was... how much does the Space Ghost cost? I paid $25 for that station ID. Oh, oh that's that was worth every penny. Absolutely. <laughs> Daddy's a little lamb drop. <laughs> oh, man.
Who all's here? I, I lost it with those last two. Yes. Yeah, I think we I think we fixed it. It's fine. Uh, Listen, if they're listening to whatever episode this is and don't know us, I understand that. Voices are hard to keep track. Maybe they don't start on like five or six. Okay. Also, good point. People, people, I I I do start podcasts by listening to the newest episodes sometimes. That is true. Yeah. Or the most popular. I was say we're hopefully only getting better per episode. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, we'd hope that, but based on our downtrend of uh, energy, I know. Fine. Next week we no, all just right. like I don't know, just mainline coffee before. Got this. Yeah. Fuck this. We are professionals. Are we? We are all media yeah. adjacent players. Okay, that's true. Welcome to Content Nausea. Content nausea. Content uh, We're talking about content. We're in the fucking zone. It. We're gonna fucking get crazy. Talk to you about everything we saw and did for the last seven days. Let's uh, get crazy. It was, it was Prince's birthday the other day. We got this. That's, That's right. right. Dearly Go beloved, crazy. we are gathered here today. This thing called podcast. (laughs) This crazy thing called podcast. Oh my god! Yeah. So. Soul Calibur. Yeah. Soul Calibur is back to important shit. Uh. Oh man. I'll be honest. I was definitely just playing like uh, Marvel vs. Capcom controls for like ten minutes. It sucked until I stopped. Uh, still fun. Still good. I don't know. I, I still, I mean, I played Soul Calibur constantly as a kid, specifically on Dreamcast, and it was the best. It was my favorite fighting game. I still button mashed. Like, fighting you guys, there was no strategy whatsoever. It has been a long time since I've played. No, we had, like, a weird circle, too, where it was, like, rock, paper, scissors, where one of us could beat the other, but not the other person. Mm-hmm. That's so. called parody. That's you the know? Time around, but you had all these big beefy boys. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. So let's just let's just briefly here. So Soul Calibur, the definitive way to play this game in 2020 is eight v eight random team battle. You know the ultimate equalizer. No relying on your main. None of that shit. And you just. You just pound and be pounded <laughs> until, until there's one man standing. Or, or woman. Or yeah. so, And this was OG Soul Calibur? This was OG. OG Soul Calibur ported to the Xbox One. Okay. The ultimate yeah. field of combat. Did they have any fun crossover characters uh, in that one? There was no Yoda. This is no, pre yeah. fun crossover era of Soul Calibur. This is no, 1999. Th- okay. Whatever. No, like Darth Vader. I think Link was no in Darth one Vader. Of them. No Spawn. Oh yeah, Spawn. I'm just that was always my favorite thing in games. Like I mean, Soul Calibur was my favorite of all of them. But like, there were definitely a handful of fighting games that would just let you do like v eight, just go. Yeah. That is my favorite thing to do in those games. That is. Why I think they're worthwhile. <laughs> As has I would greatly been argued off air. Still a Smash Bros. guy. I 
Absolutely. So, fucking. I fucking hate Smash Bros. It's not a fighting game. It's it not sucks. a video. It's, it's a not even a video game. Shut up. Nah. Nah, 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 nah. Smash nah. Bros. is fun. We like Ike. That's where I stand. Oh my god. It's cute. <laughs> I, like I told you, I played it once with a child. The first time I ever played it was with a child named Xavier. He whipped my ass. Which sounds <laughs> horrible. I was like, I don't understand this game at all. I was just more distracted by how, like, how they had so many different characters. Like, you can play a solid snake in that game and beat the hell out of Sonic. Yeah, you can shoot a gun at Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I like that in theory, but I still just don't love the game. Like, I want it to be more fun than it is. Yeah, I can install, like, a Postal 2 mod that lets me do that shit. I don't need to... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, I get the appeal, but yeah, if I'm ever like at a party and people are like, "Can I play Smash?" is like the, the highlight of the night. I'll be like, "Is it though?" No. I don't. I don't play those, those baby game for babies. I play hard shit like uh, <laughs> TKO. Like yeah, like TKO. Like UFC three. Um... UFC three. Uh, Halo Reach. My man. Yeah. Haze, if anybody remembers Haze. Jeez, you played Haze? No, that, that was a game that was developed with uh, with Corn, <laughs> <laughs> And was dubbed the, a Halo Killer and promptly did not do that. Damn. No, what it's like... It could have been. I saw it like last year. It's like they were horribly under budget and then over budget. Yeah, a lot of reasons <laughs> Besides that, though, like, I failed. I didn't watch movies. There was a new single released by Pittsburgh-based Electronic Arts Tobacco. Pretty good. Recently. Gave me very strong drive the movie vibes. <laughs> I was just thinking about that with you, because you were just talking about how long it's been since that movie came out, and that, like, none of us had watched it in a while. And then I remember you you watched yeah. it later on, and you just, like, I love when you get into something a little bit later, because then mm -hmm. I can just see on your Spotify, Miles just listening to a real hero or whatever. It's like, I, on a yeah, I, I think I rewatched that this year. I may have brought it up already, but that song's great. And every once in a while, remember it exists. Oh, that's wonderful. It's a, it's a good time director annoys me more than he should because he does cool shit like i like his film archive stuff yeah but he seems like kind of a cock yeah he, does. he seems like such a piece of shit in like an annoying way yeah uh, i want to kind of see the documentary his wife made about him where it's just basically like he's kind of a tool but you know he does some cool <laughs> shit then. oh yeah i remember hearing about the documentary and thinking that sounds way more interesting to me than the neon demon yeah oh. Neon Demon is... Whoa, well, okay, Neon Demon rocks. I mean, okay, Eric, I think you will like at least the first half pretty hard. I think it definitely goes downgraded by the end for me. Yeah. I. But... You gotta you gotta see, you gotta watch at least until Keanu shows up. Like, Keanu's the best part for me. I Honestly, I didn't even know Keanu was in it. <laughs> I didn't either. Cameron forced me to watch it once at like... 3 a.m. He started it when we were at his old place, so he still mm -hmm. had to drive me home. And he starts this movie, and I was just like, I don't know, man. I only got uh, only whatever his one before. Um, got yeah. or something. 
is just terrible. And like, yeah, I did not want to do Neon Demon. He puts it on, Kino shows up, and I freaked the fuck out and was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's something worthwhile here. Okay. Maybe I will check it out. I think I think you might have described the plot to me after that happened, and I was like, cool, gross. I'm not... Yeah, not, like, it, it gets into some fun shit, but I don't love it in this winding reference hands, because he's such a fucking douchebag. Yeah. He's not great at writing women. <laughs> Big surprise there. He's not great at writing, like, human beings. That's also true. true. I think he's a little bit robotic. I do like the pervy photographer was in a Dexter or something. Yeah. He's good. On is amazing. Yeah. It it it's got some some merit. Okay, maybe I'll check it out one day. I'll just Bang soundtrack. It's a whole thing. I did finish the Mariners documentary after oh, yeah. watching the first episode a couple weeks back. Man, that's something. It's just a lot. I gotta, I gotta finish it, but I gotta start it. It gets a little less like weird with like the circumstances, but stranger with the statistic improbabilities of the team. Just like the chances of them winning or losing, or an individual player doing this or that, or like astounding how often random crazy stuff occurs. Like yeah. Have, I don't know. I've like assumed answers based on all of you, but do you guys have any like preferences or like preferred sports movies? Uh-huh. Or movies where it's just like this is either my favorite sports film or like I like when they do this sports and movies. I mean, like, that's tough. Cause, like, cause so- I know- I will say confidently that the best sport for a movie is probably baseball. Yeah. I think it's the most cinematic movie. The most cinematic sport, I mean. It really does lend itself well. I think because as a sport itself, it's boring as shit, so they can really... Um, they can really yeah, we don't have to... We don't have to get into that. Yeah, that yeah. Oh, no. it, it's it's just so slow that like they can really load in like these like moments between players because they're not doing anything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you can also shoot it in really fun ways that you can't during a normal game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, baseball looks like awesome. Which we'll get into some baseball movies later. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I will say this. Watching baseball gets much more interesting when you think of it as like a fight between the pitcher and the batter more rather than just the game. Because I, yeah, when they turn into like kind of a showdown. Yeah, and like defaulting to my martial arts background, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how, do, say, how do you faint at baseball? <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I would say, like, I think baseball is the most cinematic. But in terms of just general personality, like I feel like Miles would adopt something like extreme sports or fighting as like his sport movie. Uh, some of the time, <laughs> honestly, race movies too are really good that way. Interesting. Hmm. No, I like a good race. All right. I mean, I will cool. say, and this might be this might be teasing the, the future of the show a little bit, but 
Apparently, BMX movies are pretty fucking good. I was yeah. Say, you know, well, there were some sports movies uh, we can talk about. Um, I will say, before we move on completely, uh, I'm a sucker for hockey movies. Yeah. And I was... Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, mm-hmm. Eric's my normal hockey buddy. Nobody else really cares out here because Ohio doesn't really have a good team. For the no. last few years, I've said I need to be a hockey guy, and I'm still not. Hockey is fun. I know. Um, oh, man. It is so much fun. I want to go to a hockey game sometime. I mean, me maybe too. World Cup ending. My, oh. my, uh, before all this happened, my work got like a bunch of like vouchers for like four free tickets to the Cleveland Mon- uh, Cleveland Monsters, Lake Erie Monsters, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was like each voucher was like, yeah, this is four tickets. Just go and like bring three people with you and you can get in. Oh, hell yeah. And then fucking all this happened. Damn yeah. it. That would have been so much fun. Like, minor team, like, Lake Erie Monsters sounds adorable. Yeah. It's like the rubber ducks. Like, if, you're, if your minor team has a really cute name, I'm on board. Yeah. They're really good, too. Like, I think they like won a couple of titles like a couple years ago that is so great that makes me very happy yeah, yeah no, I, that's good <laughs> my mind was there because i guess it was the uh, 35th anniversary of them like drafting lemieux oh hmm. yeah um and there was this great photo going around in all the pittsburgh things i follow of just him just posed in his just like 80s ass haircut Oh yeah, jersey in front of a bunch of actual penguins at the zoo. God, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, I was like, man, hockey's great. It is. Um. Uh, yeah, Go- I like Goon. Goon was a fun movie. It was very charming. Was I was good. surprised yeah. how much I liked it. Oh man. Uh, was that Sean William Scott? was yeah yes. oh, what is, what's that guy up to he's stealing my heart every time i see him this way he's very charming you know that reminds me so we talk a little bit about the pirates now and then just because like that is my home team for baseball and we do not do particularly well at least not since the 70s mm-hmm. um so i don't think you guys know a ton about the modern day pirates do you know what they're like symbol is right now that's not the normal pirate a is pirate? it a big p no it's uh-huh. a z made with your hands as in was it zoltar zoltan from dude where's my car what? we adopted that like five years ago why God, i fucking love Pittsburgh. it's so weird there's like official shirts with it like i think they sell them at the stadium too like when players do well, they just be like Zoltan, and I'll be like, "The movie came out so long ago. Why is it what you guys picked?" I think like the team saw it on the bus or something, and then just did it. I love them. That's yeah. That's just where we're at now. So God bless you, Sean William Scott, and your amazing film canon. God, that's so funny. God. Yeah. I... <laughs> I guess we could talk about some of the sports flicks that few of us watched yesterday. I guess we can, yeah. I, I didn't even realize that it was unconsciously two sports movies. Yeah, I, I forgot that. In the loosest of terms. 
forgot the first one was technically a very much a sports movie just based on the poster because it doesn't yeah. feel like it. Um, do you want to hop into them? Sure. Yeah, I'll. I'll. I'll in- how about I'll intro the first and you intro the second. I think you deserve to do both. You were so excited about number two. I suppose. All right. Well, about, so you don't need to worry about it. I- I'll just help. Okay, that's fine. Well, the first thing we watched because we watched them together yesterday was a little film called Blood Games. Okay. Okay. Uh, which let me let me pull up a little info here. This is the kind of professionalism that we love on a show like this. Blood Games, directed by Tanya Rosenberg, which follows... All right, before I tell you what the movie is about, I'll tell you what another title the movie was released under, which really says a lot about the film. (laughs) Sums it up pretty perfectly. This was a film that was also known as... fuck <laughs> but i mean that's a pretty good title i guess yeah no oh my god well okay all right we all right cut all cut the last like 30 seconds okay i'll Blood sure games originally that. released in some countries as baseball bimbos and hillbilly hell fuck yes that's wow and that's that's literally the movie. That is a great synopsis. Which is what the movie is. There is a, a uh, an all-female team of elite baseball players. They're all total babes. They're all total babes. And they're really fucking good at baseball. And they go to this, this like, podunk town where this, this, uh, this asshole named Roy is having a birthday party. And for reasons that aren't immediately clear, his birthday party is him getting beaten by the baseball bimbos in a game of baseball. Yeah, like their hick uh, team is just like, girls can't play, and they start like pinching ass and stuff, and then and they, they just lose. They lose 17 to 2. Yeah. Damn. You gotta be pretty bad at baseball to lose by 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, I, now that I'm trying to describe this, I, this movie was fucking pretty convoluted to start off. It's so silly. The, the manager of the team, a guy named Midnight, placed a bet with Roy's dad that his baseball girls would beat his baseball boys. But then Roy's dad welches on the bet, so he tries to get his money, and Midnight gets, you know, fucking iced, and all oh, of a sudden man. the baseball babes have to fight off this entire town of, of, hip, of hillbillies that are trying to kill them. Because Roy's weird hick dad is just like, we need revenge. Yeah, Roy's so, hick dad, which who looks like, who looks like Revolver Ocelot, but like old man Revolver Ocelot. <laughs> Jeez. So I guess so, Liquid Ocelot. Liquid, by that point. Yeah, Liquid Ocelot. Yeah. <laughs> Metal Gear once again <laughs> turning to the fold. It's it's everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. But yeah, no, he, he hunts. They they have to they have to survive against wave after wave of of hillbilly psychos in the middle of nowhere. It's, yeah, he like puts a bouncy on all of their heads. So like all these girls are like at first they're like, oh fuck, we're basically stranded. Stranded. The closest town is thirty fucking miles away. Yeah. So their goal is to just walk it. They play and baseball. This- they can go like a hundred meters at a time. But they're trying to they're like people are trying to kill them. Like a, a mob of assholes are either trying to kill or rape them. 
Um, just a warning for you, those of you who are not into like older slashers, that shit happens a lot. Um, it's still like a really good fucking movie, and I love that it's directed by a woman because like even when it's all about um, you know, hot bimbos in the woods hitting hillbillies with bats, uh, still like some levels of like respect. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice. Um, yeah, it's not just like murder porn. Exactly. Like, there's definitely some gratuitous shots that are like basically funny at that point um like there is a scene where one of the the baseball babes gets assaulted and then the other girls find her and like save her and they go to like this cave to make sure she's okay and like you know help her out and the one girl like takes off her sweatshirt and just like covers her so like she was naked now she's not and it's like that i don't think would have been put into a male directed slasher no, I think it's your your topless for the rest of this scene, just cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was you're nice. killed. Yeah, that's the the yeah. weird thing. The weird thing is the amount of like gratuitous TNA that's in this movie. There are like extended shower scenes, but then I'm like, oh, uh, actually, this is feminism because it's directed by a woman, so it's okay. Yeah, I mean, slasher films are like that. It's you know, it's fine. No, yeah, and like knowing that also they end up you know braining a bunch of fucking hillbillies with baseball bats makes it a lot easier to swallow (laughs) in the shower scene early on like right after the game uh connor's favorite hat man that the check is in the mail hat yeah he has a a trucker hat that says the check is in the mail that's the only good thing that's the only thing i like about him i do not want to make this sound like i'm rooting for this guy Just I'm, not endorsing, I'm not endorsing his actions when he goes to peep the women in the shower. I'm just endorsing his hat when he's doing That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Because when he's peeping, uh, this one woman catches him and then just basically, like, catches him and grabs his hand and just like, aha, we got you. But there's still, like, a little bit of autonomy. I know. It's, it's like grasping for straws, but it's still fun. But, like, I give him a shower. Compared to most slackers, it does sound like there's a lot of autonomy for the women. More than normal, I would yeah, say. For com- comparatively. Um, yeah. It's great because at one point, there's like about halfway through the movie when they're like, all right, we got to run from them. One girl's like, just very like, we just have to get out of here. We're going to hike as fast as we can. The other girl is just like, I think we should stop, lay a trap, and like, their asses i've put up with enough shit from men and i was like i like her she is my favorite she is going to survive (laughs) like she whoops ass like she definitely like she lays a trap for one of them it's really funny um one of the traps is pretty gnarly like it's good because for a while the girls just keep like hitting these dudes and then running i'm like they're trying to kill you this is when you do like yeah they're they're pretty bad at finishing off their their assailants for a little while there exactly like i had a blast with that movie but i can't i don't think i've yelled like shoot him in the head that much ever <laughs> finish Just, your swings exactly yes, like, through. all of these like hillbillies have huge heads and necks you need to go more <laughs> and they, but they keep shooting them in the legs and arms mm-hmm I need to follow through. Exactly. In this situation, you follow through, no one will miss the awful hillbillies. Yeah. But that was a surprising delight. Big fan. Cool. I would say the second film was even better. What what do you think? 
Oh my god. We followed that up with a little film called Rad. Oh man. Oh man. I, I've seen Rad before, and Rad is for sure rad. But this was the new 4K version? What is yeah, it? Brand new the brand new 4K restoration. It's first time ever on disc. Which is stunning to me because, like, it's it's so weird that that movie is is like so well known and so beloved, but like wasn't even on DVD. It's honestly fairly odd because it's like I've known what that was ever years to see it, but but yeah, a a, a story from the hearts and minds of the Schwartzman family. Starring the wonderful Talia Shire as the mom. Starring Talia Shire. If Lori just... Laughlin is a total bike babe. Oh damn, Aunt Becky's in this. Uh huh. And she's young, and she does. Uh, there's. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, Connor, feel free to keep talking about what. Yeah, all right. Is. I'll, I'll just. I'll just do a quick little rundown. You know, uh, Crew Jones is the greatest. BMX rider in his really weird, shitty little town. And uh, evil developers and, and the, action, the CEO of Mongoose decide that their shitty little town is the perfect place for Helltrack, <laughs> which is the, the, the world's first BMX racing course, apparently. Okay. And uh, crew has to compete against you know the best right the best riders in the world to see if you know he has what it takes to be truly rad and that's basically what the movie's about it's a very it feels like a very low stakes movie but it's just a delight the whole time yeah that sounds fun um and the Uh, great thing is we talked about this a lot where they say hell track like 150 times in that movie everyone does not even question it like there there are meetings with the town folk where it's a bunch of like old fucks who are like we're really excited about hell track it's like a group of kids on a playground with their teacher painting signs that go welcome hell track like (laughs) so fucking weird um yeah and then like the lead bmx like douchebag for mongoose is bert taylor who's played by Bart Connor, like one of the most well-known male gymnasts. So I was very pleased about that. It's Bart Connor. Holy shit. And he's um, great at being an asshole. He is, but he's so blonde. That's what does it. It's just like the big blonde 80s hair. It's like, yeah, I don't trust him. Oh my God. Yeah, like the nice that is just like you know oh he does fun bike tricks well like delivering papers and the whole town knows him Whoa. Um, like it's it's very cute um and then Lori laughlin is another signed racer that like meets him and he's like wait another person that likes bikes but is like a total babe <laughs> and they so meet the one thing that confused me about that though I don't. I never understood what Lori Laughlin was doing there because she's from out of town, right? She's like, a mongoose, she's like a mongoose. She's like a mongoose signee, but she never races or does anything. Such a weird throwaway line. But he goes, "So are you racing hill track? Is that why you're here?" And she goes, "Sadly, no. I'm just here to represent my company so they could like make some sales." 
Oh, she's an influencer. She's just a company rep for her, the company that sponsors her racing back home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. So All like, right. she's okay. just that. Yeah. Which is why she wears the like deep V mongoose jumpsuit at the end. Yeah, which she's is like, it's funny that the that's brand. the only the yeah the only character that got the deep cut one. Exactly, she's there to rep the brand. That makes uh, sense. It's the eighties. They're like, oh, should we have this girl we have signed race? No, just send her there to look nice. <laughs> exactly, because I don't think any women are in the race, which is also a little annoying, but um, it took a lot of work to get uh, the, the local kid in the race, so that, I guess, makes some sense. Yeah, so yeah, it, crew just overcomes the odds for 90 minutes or so. It's 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 transcendent cinema. Proves himself. Also, so there's, just, yeah, there's just a ton of shots of just fun bike tricks and then just people riding bikes. Um. There's the scene when he and Lori Laughlin like decide that they're into each other. She basically is like, "Hey, we're at a high school dance and we both have bikes. What's up? Let's go bike dance." There's a bike dance segment. It's so good. It's like sparkly because they both have sparkly shirts on. <laughs> um, and I think that one is the one that's set to Sparks. Yes. I love Sparks the band. Like they're so fucking great. So they do a bike, a choreographed bike dance to a Sparks song, and uh, I think that enough is it makes Rad a good movie. That's it cool. was genuinely amazing filmmaking. That bike dance. Hmm. It, like, it, like it's it just fucking gorgeous. Uh, and then it goes dark at the end. It's very nice. Oh my god. I don't know how much I want to give away, but I kind of want to talk about ass lighting. We can we can go over ass lighting, I guess. Yeah, there are a lot of throwaway line, like dialogue in that movie. It's definitely a movie that they were like, we just want to do cool bike tricks, and then they were like wrote some script. Mm-hmm. Um, his best friends, like bike friends, are a couple. So at one point they're like, "All right, well we're gonna go ass slide, and you want to come?" And he's like, "No, I'm waiting for someone special." They don't tell you what that is. That's just a line. And you're like, okay. Um, he meets mm. Lori Laughlin. She's clearly someone special. They've bike danced by now. He goes, come with me. We're going to go ass sliding. She does not bat an eye. Um, okay, that's fine. That's an okay thing for someone to ask. And then it's like, what would you assume that is? Going to go ass sliding. Well, I, I would assume it's just sliding on your ass, but with, with the phrase, I'm waiting for someone special, it makes me just think it's code for fucking. You'd think. You'd think. You would Maybe. Think. But here's the thing, though. The ass part is wholly unnecessary because ass sliding, as we learn, is just sliding. Is going down a slide. A water slide. A water slide. <laughs> I mean, it looked awesome. It was like an outdoorsy, like, river water slide, kind of. But, like, it was fucking awesome. But, like, why was that called ass sliding? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, you know, fun quirks like that are just what make Rad even more special. Yeah, just, Man, just cannot cannot recommend Rad enough. I, I think I'm actually going to have to watch Rad. Probably uh, have to uh, I'm still excited to watch. Yeah, it is, it is a joy, and it is like a breezy watch. And the, the restoration, I've seen both. I've seen before, and it wasn't bad. Like, it was still a really cute movie. But there were definitely times when you're looking at it and it looks like 
VHS almost shots of like a little bit too like bright people in like biking in the sun. It blurs it way more than you want, so it's not as good as it could be. This looks fucking gorgeous. Like new version is very nice. This looks like a film. It is unbelievable. Uh, it also probably won't be available to own reasonably priced for quite some time now. Yeah. If you didn't get it during the Vinegar Syndrome sale over Memorial Day, you're probably not going to get it. How much is it regular? For, uh, I mean, I got it on sale for like $32. Oh, jeez. But, oh, but the thing is that they were only they, they, they're only doing one run of them, and when they're gone, they're gone. And uh, uh, they're uh, already up on eBay for like $300. Jesus. Yeah, and it, it comes with a really cool poster. You can have a poster of Helltrack on, yes, on your wall. Yes, a map of Helltrack. Which, for being called yeah. Helltrack, really wasn't that intense, I gotta say. Really not. I mean, I think the part, the best part of it is, like, the part that makes it seem least like hell and more adorable is that there's a cereal bowl. <laughs> yeah, there's a bowl of kicks that they have to, like, ramp over. Mm-hmm. And the spoon, the, the spoon is the, is the ramp. Nope. So fucking cute. It's pretty tight. Track's adorable. Oh man. Yeah. It's it's a worthwhile movie. I cannot wait to see your, your rad racing shirt come in the mail. Yes, I did order a rad racing t shirt over the course of watching the We didn't even finish the film yet. I, no. I, I know that kind of uh impulse. There's so Something. many movie shirts I want. Yeah. Oh. I, uh, I, they don't have any sizes, but I, I found this online store that has uh, a t-shirt that's uh, Josie and the Pussycats is the best movie of all time. And then it says, join the army under it. Oh my God. Wow. I would weep if I had a Josie and the Pussycats shirt. I can't, I don't know why I never thought of that. Was Josie that Halloween though? Like the officially licensed costume and everything. Hell yeah. Oh, I have some cat ears somewhere. <laughs> um, oh, I love that movie so much. I just I've been like lusting after the Death Records T-shirt from Phantom of the Paradise for like over a decade. Ooh, yeah, that's a good shirt. It's uh-huh. a solid shirt. Mm. Yeah, so that was kind of the bulk of our lovely sports watching. We also did a little bit of a uh, drug stories. Oh, which. Honor, you probably know more than I do because I don't know this company at all until we started watching trailers for them. Yeah, so the American Genre Film Archive is like a a company that that mostly restores and puts out like for theatrical display like weird obscure genre movies. But they've recently started branching out into like putting stuff out on discs. And uh, one of their recent releases is. Drug Stories Volume 1, which is a compilation of anti-drug PSAs from, looks like from on this disc from like the 50s to the 70s. Interesting. Like, I will, like, like, newly restored and, you know, gloriously stupid. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the cover of it right now, and it's pretty good. I was, I was say before we even started it, just looking at the box art, I was like, "This is really pretty. Like, this looks it's cool." Gorgeous. 
um, the menus are great. Like, I like this company because we looked up more stuff for them, and I'm like, they've they're coming yeah, out with I, a ton of shit I love. Yeah, I I went and bought two fucking more stuff, two more movies from them after watching just a couple drug stories. Oh hell yeah, Did you buy? Well, we already discussed. I did get the Violent Years, which was apparently not actually directed by Ed Wood, but very clearly made by Ed Wood. That one's very and exciting. I, and I did also get the uh, the fucking the Sarah Jacobson set as well. That, <gasps> oh my god! I'm so I'm looking at, I'm scrolling through their website and I saw that and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm, I might buy that." <laughs> oh, fuck. I found it on eBay and I had a I had a ten dollar off coupon, so it is now mine for sixteen dollars. Oh, I'm yeah. so jealous. Oh. Man. Dude, when those get here, I will let you know because I'm pumped to see these. I love both of those movies with all my heart, but I honestly think that Mary is not a virgin anymore might be in my top ten. It's such a good fucking movie. Uh, oh, they have yeah, a couple of Hollywood is movies on there. Exciting and I'm very oh, they do. But yeah, shout out the American Genre Film Archive. Great company. They seem super cool, and I will say the highlight actually, of watching stories. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say, they actually, relevant to last week, they actually are the, the company that also put out the best of Wakaliwood on disc. Really? You can, own, you can own Bad Black and Who Killed Captain Alex on Blu-ray through these guys. Oh, man. And I, I think I, saw, like, I might have to do that. I saw Cameron's box, and it was nice. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Very pretty looking. They just started putting out releases of SVHS films directly mm. scanned from VHS tapes. That's pretty exciting. I will say the highlight of Drug Stories was the one that is just like, at least part of the speech of a woman who basically inspired the character Jerry Blank. Yes. You can see it entirely. It just sounds like it's just very Strangers with Candy-esque. Like, oh my god. Look, the voice. It was it was a delight. Brooklyn's finest, Lori Fisher. Oh. I've never laughed at an older woman saying horse to a bunch of kids before. Yeah. That was so fucking funny. I was shooting horse! Oh god, you, you know, when you're doing horse, then you end up in jail. It's just like, okay, yeah, jeez. Yeah, this woman tells a bunch of possibly untrue stories about her life as a junkie. Including claiming at one point that <laughs> six friends of hers separately smoked pot, committed crimes of passion, and were electrocuted by the state. <laughs> I do love that she's just like, I knew, I knew about six people who smoked pot. They didn't go any further, but here's how they went further. They committed crimes of passion. Well, on the pot. Yeah. And then they were all electrocuted. And the girl that asked the question was just so fucking done. She's like, that's bullshit. There's no way. God. But yeah, no, she spends like 45 minutes telling this, this, this group full of teenagers that, you know, drugs are bad, and if you ever say the word drug, you'll be in jail. And mm -hmm. It's just great. It, it's, it's good shit. She keeps name-dropping her specific rehab. <laughs> I know. Like, don't go anywhere else. Everywhere else is just trying to be this rehab. Oh, <laughs> like, 
Synanon. That was it. That's it. Yeah, what a joy. Um, Which, by the way, here's how the Wikipedia article on Synanon opens. The Synanon organization was a violent cult, initially a drug rehabilitation program founded by Charles... Attempted murder. It has been called one of the most dangerous and violent cults America had ever seen. Holy shit. (laughs) So she told a room of like 75 children to join this org. She said, you don't even have to be on drugs. You can just go and see what they're about. They're very nice. (laughs) Oh. Oh, that's terrific. Much of the violence by Synanon had been carried out by a group within Synanon called the Imperial Marines. Oh, good. What that the seems fuck normal. is Alright, this is going to be something I'm going to read a lot about in the next week or so. <laughs> he's got to be, like, be a documentary. In 1978, two Synanon members placed a de-rattled rattlesnake in the mailbox of attorney Paul Morantz. What the fuck? Oh my god! Yeah, and she so just yeah, shout out, Lori. Oh, that was that was a delight. That makes me happy. Oh my goodness. Hmm. See, did you watch anything else or read anything else good this week, Connor? Um, I guess real quickly, I I can talk about. It. I watched Lucio Fulci's Zombie. Otherwise known as Zombie 2, because it is a very unofficial sequel to the Italian cut of Dawn of the Dead. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And it is mostly incoherent, uh, incredibly gruesome and violent and disgusting. There are, there are sequences in this movie that are, like, you know, gore doesn't do much for me, but fucking Lucio Fulci gore is a different thing entirely. Yes, it is. You want to see you want to see eyeballs get impaired, impaled, I should say, but I guess they would be impaired too. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, my um, eyes are impaired. <laughs> I shouldn't be driving. If you want to see, you know, just neck neck bites and you know oozing wounds and flesh and shit, cannot recommend Fulci enough. Great score. She's amazing just, for gore. Yeah. Incredible soundtrack. And that's really all there is to it. It's it's. I was gonna say because I know 60... I saw the. Bad. I was gonna say sixty percent of the movie is like boring and goreless, but like the forty percent that ain't holy shit, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how a lot of his go, where it's just like all the gore is always top notch. Like because we watched the yeah. first ten minutes or so, which is great. And the restoration for this is very pretty because you just see like, oh, there's the New York skyline. There's a boat. There's a big old zombie. Like, it is just... That part's cool. Yeah, like, I think the first of his that I saw and I just fell in love with was The Beyond. The beginning is fucking magnificent. The beginning is so good. And The Beyond has, like, so much gore in it that I... Yeah, like I said, I've never had a problem with gore. But Fulci is the exception. Because you hit a moment where you're like, oh, oh my. Okay. Watch yeah, he this. Yeah, some gross shit. Yeah, like, I love it. I think in The Beyond, there's, like, a, a segment where there's a blind girl who's, like, locked in a room. And they just start pouring acid in the room. And you're like, don't walk over there, blind girl. Quit reaching down. <laughs> 
Um, it's amazing. Like, I love Fulton. He's the man. But yeah, that's about all I got. Um, Spencer. Monsieur Eric. What? You cut up. Coincidentally, I was asking what you watched. Okay. Um, for oh, first, uh, Brooke, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Oh yeah. Um, I quickly will go over the because I yeah I slowed down on watching this week. I did, and I feel like I should talk about the fact that I watched the death and life of Marsha P. Johnson. Oh yeah. Um, who is like the very well known, um, iconic. She's usually referred to as the iconic street queen. Um, she was like an enormous uh, figure in the beginning of LGBT activism. Um, and I saw that this doc popped up on Netflix a while back and I was like, oh, that's interesting. They made something about Marsha P. Johnson. That doesn't seem very Netflix. Um, part of why that happened, and I unfortunately didn't know this until I finished the movie and then logged it on Letterboxd. Um, part of the documentary was like kind of thefted from a trans female filmmaker. Um, She was, I guess she had like collected a lot of the archival footage and had done a lot of work for it for another project of her own. Um, And then the guy who ended up making the Netflix one, David France, just kind of popped in, saw what she was doing and was just like, oh, I know Marsha. Like I knew her when she was alive. I totally, like I've been wanting to do a documentary on her and kind of like was able to like take a lot of the work that she had done yeah uh, i assume the footage was all like big like public uh yeah, basically because it's one of those things that be like that's the tricky thing because i wholeheartedly think that the situation was bullshit and david france owes this woman a lot yeah but it's also one of the annoying things about making any documentary in any film is and go i'm actually making this project mm-hmm. like um, you completely have cover to just kind of steal it Exactly. Like, that happens all the fucking time. And the other shitty thing about research is, once you do the the work on research, it's hard to claim it as, like, I can only use this once it's out there. Mm-hmm. Because um, that was, I think, the best part of the movie, because it's a documentary that's in part telling the story of Marsha P. Johnson, like, who she was, what she did, while at the same time trying to, like, there's this um trans activist who works for, like, this organization in New York I'd never heard of that was just basically all about how um, it's like an LGBT org in New York City that is there specifically to help with cases of, like, violence. And there's a woman who had been working there for decades who's like, I'm about to retire and I want my last big thing to try to solve Marsha's murder. And, you know, spoiler alert, she does it, but she gets more information than we had had before. So that's some type of win. Um... And it's interesting because she goes around and talks to all these people and there's a lot of like, she calls some like old NYPD officers and they are super evasive to the point where it's kind of fucking sketchy. Um, Like, so there's some interesting stuff there that's new that that was a David France thing. But like, I think the best part of the movie was the archival footage because there's just, Mm -hmm. it's just so fucking cool to see this era, especially because you do kind of forget that LGBT activism really wasn't a thing until Stonewall. Um, Yeah, like, yeah, it like it was the beginning of Pride festivals as a thing. Yeah. Exactly, and the amazing thing is, like, you just have a ton of 
a ton of footage of Marsha P. Johnson and her uh, dear friend Sylvia Rivera, who is also a trans activist. And, like, all of that footage is astonishing. It is so fucking cool. From either, like, them just having a good time, which is nice, or them being, like, pissed. So, like, I guess after the first few Prides, um, Sylvia Rivera and, like, Marsha P. Johnson made this shit happen. They made Pride be a thing. Like, they are an integral part of that. Um, Like, I think I... I I don't know if it's like a hundred percent confirmed, but I think it's pretty well like uh, agreed upon that Marsha bon- Marsha Johnson threw like the first brick at Stonewall. Yeah, like because it's one of those things you can never really that down, but like she was definitely there. She was definitely active. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things of like so a few later it had already devolved into like what people bitch about with pride now very rightfully so that it's mm-hmm. co-opted by like very polite white rich gay men mm-hmm. and yeah um, and, like businesses come in they're like hey we're lgbt friendly like exactly so like even then it would be like well you know all these white gay men are speaking so we don't really want to have you guys speak it's been you know a very nice day we don't want to mm-hmm. get you know we don't want to be too much, which is we don't insane. Want to, like, be too political and like exactly. So like Sylvia Rivera, I've ever seen this footage before, and I think this is the most astonishing part of the film. Sylvia Rivera runs up on stage and basically completely like calls out all of mostly all of the white gays that are like, yeah, we don't really want to get political. Like mm-hmm. we got our rights, now we get to have pride, and we're not getting arrested as much. Um, and they're like, no, fucking idiot, like, step up, it's still the time to be political, we fought for you, why aren't you fighting for us? Like, it is an amazing part of the movie. And that conversation was happening then, it's still happening now, like, it was, yeah, so that part of it's worthwhile. I would say, like, look up some archival footage from the film, if possible, I would say probably try not to watch it on Netflix, because fuck David France, um, if you can find it in other ways, I'm gonna personally say that's fine um yeah just don't do, get do you know if the original mm-hmm. do you know if the original woman who was working on it ever put anything out with it or like so that is what i followed up with um so since that whole situation happened a lot of people kind of stood up for her as best they could so like and it mocked did this like long twitter tirade of being like fuck you david france you didn't do enough um mm-hmm. Like, we get some shit happens, but, like, you thefted more than you were supposed to, and you benefited from it as, you know, basically a white gay man, because, of mm. course. Um, and he his excuse was, I knew Marsha, and we were friends, and I was already going to do something. Um, so she ended up coming out with a short called Happy Birthday, Marsha, which is available on Amazon Prime, and is it is very short. It's 15 minutes. Um, it's a little different. It is part, like fake narrative like a you know a fake version of marcia when i throw herself a birthday party and then the start of writing alongside archival footage which is kind of cool and um the person that plays marcia is maya taylor from tangerine okay and yeah because cool. a lot of the acting in this short is like not the best except for maya taylor who fucking rocks like after spending two hours watching marcia p johnson talking in the other doc like she might not look quite like her but she has got the voice down which is not easy like very good work there um 
So, like, the short's not the, the best thing in the world if you're looking for something that's more, like, you know, straight doc, but it's really interesting. You still get some archival footage, and you get to support the woman who, you know, put in a lot of work doing more research on this very important person. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say, you know, it's Pride Month, and obviously there's a shit ton of protests going on for a lot of very legitimate reasons, and these are two of these protesters in the world. Uh, Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson. So throw them some love, read some stuff about them, watch the archival footage online. Like that's just a very, very cool way to end some of this month. Hell yeah. Very cool. How about you, Eric? Uh, let's see. Um, I also, I didn't watch very much this week. Uh, I've also been playing a lot of video games. Uh, (laughs) Well, I've been playing a lot of video game. I've been playing NHL 20. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I, every, every so often, I'll get the urge to play, like, NHL games. And what I do is I, I, I play the be a pro mode. Uh, I'm in my <laughs> second year of a, a un, under-18 league. Um, I'm <laughs> an insane monster. Um <laughs> Aww. I've I scored like 130 goals in the season, which is uh, it's a lot. I I, thi- I think literally impossible. <laughs> 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 uh, it it I I wish these games had more of a narrative or like had any sort of like change based on the way you play because I wish someone would be like, what the fuck is happening? Like, <laughs> this like is you're absurd. it it's like. There's a whole subplot you unlock after a certain point where the coaches are like, the game has changed. Yeah. Yeah, like, my, my character is, like, just turned 18 and, score will, like, has, like, will score, like, five goals, like, every, like, five goals in one game, like, every three games. Damn. Yeah. Um, I, like... I don't know. I, I get bored, so I play hockey games, and I'll, like, put on something while I do that, because I don't need to pay a lot of attention to it. Um, I like it. Yeah, but I've been doing that a lot. Um, it, it's it's really a huge time suck, but it's good when you're bored. Um, hey, you have to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, though every time somebody injures me, which has been a couple times now, I get so mad. The, the next time I play against them, I spend the entire game just slamming into people. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I love it. That's how I play. Yeah. I'm so vindictive for no uh, reason. No, I, I get it. Yeah, I'm just like, fuck you. I'm I'm the protagonist of the world here <laughs> Um, in this hockey game. Uh. In terms of actual stuff I've been watching, uh, I am continuing to watch Daria. Uh, I'm like halfway through season four, um, or season five, uh, and it's good. There's there's a lot of just f- fun moments to that. Uh, uh, more and more, uh, Jane's brother Trent is in it just as like a side character. I love Trent. I love Trent so much. He's so funny. Um, there's an episode where Daria and Quinn have to like go to like a 10 year reunion for the summer camp they went to as kids 
in the side plot is that uh, Trent and Jane are just like eating snack foods made by these like weird old people uh, who like run like a little shop out of their house, like down the road from this summer camp. Uh, and Trent's just so weird and so funny in it. Uh, and as like... a kid, all I wanted was Trent and Daria to get together. <laughs> yeah, they're nice. It, 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 they're, I, I, I like Trent and Daria. I like them as friends because in this season they just kind of like are finally just like hanging out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's fun. And Mystic Spiral is a hilarious band. Uh, I love all their fights. Yeah. Yeah, the the drummer and uh, the like bassist always get in fights. Uh, they're just dumb as hell. Um, yeah, Dari is good. I'll probably finish it by the end of this week uh, if I manage to keep watching it and not just play hockey all day. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been... Oh, I started watching uh, no- Nosferatu, uh, the TV series. <laughs> I saw oh. the first few episodes of that. Yeah, it's all right. It's it's fine. It's <laughs> extremely Massachusetts. Yeah, no, it's very so, New England. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I know of these. It's it's a show. It's it's spelled N O S F. The number four. The number four. A, the number two. It's oh it's God. a license plate. That's adorable. Yeah, it's 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 based on a book originally written by uh, Stephen King's son. Um, and you can tell now that you say that. Oh, you can totally tell. Um, it's like, yeah, I mean, first of all, it's based in New England. Um, uh, but it, like, it's also like, it's I haven't even read any of uh, Stephen King's son's other stuff, but like, I know of like, I know he did Horns. Uh, and, that uh, also makes more sense now. Yeah, he he did something else too. That's I think on Netflix. Um. Hmm. Uh, some oh he did that lock and key, which was a comic book, I guess. Um. But uh, which I have not seen that, and I don't care. Uh. <laughs> um. But uh. It like like it, it makes references to like other Stephen King stuff. Like there's a map uh, of like like these like Im- imagined places that like people are able to access, um, and like Pennywise's uh, carnival is like on the map in Maine. So like yeah, they're like oh it's a fun re- like Stephen King reference, and it's like yeah sure I like I don't I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's cool. Everybody's extremely Massachusetts, except for some reason the main character kind of goes in and out of a Massachusetts accent, um, like a New England accent. But both her parents are very like New England. Um, yeah, there's some people who talk like completely no accent, and then like the next next scene, somebody's like, "Hey, let's get some chowder over here." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think that's like one of the things that I'm sure notices it more than the rest of us but like anytime they do like a boston or heavy new england movie unless the people are from there they drift in and out of the accents so much yeah and also a lot of them a lot of people that try to do a boston accent in media just end up doing like a a new york accent 
Yeah, they just get like Brooklyn kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- there are people who I'm like, I'm pretty sure this person is actually from New England, and then other times it's like, nope, that's just that's just an Australian person trying to do a Boston accent. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it it it's it. I mean, it's fine so far. Uh, main characters like a once again very stere- stereotypical kind of Stephen King character like misunderstood teenager who lo- lo- has has a rich in her life loves to draw um but but her dad's an alcoholic and her mom's like a house cleaner um and she wants to go to college but she's not rich enough to go to college uh and then there's a, like a pedophile demon who's abducting small children to Christmas land. Uh, Who, from what I understand, is also a dude from Heroes, the TV yeah, show? Yeah, it's Zachary Quinto. Um, oh! No! He plays a... Uh, is he from Pittsburgh? Spock. From Pittsburgh. <laughs> it never stops. Pittsburgh and Spock. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> the two call-outs there. I forgot um, I played Spock, I'll be honest. Yeah. I, I I read a review for this and it was like, it's fun. It 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 gives another weird psychopath for Zachary Quinto to play. Yeah, he was a filer. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh he he I, I don't think he's actually a pedophile, but he's like, Oh, we've got to save these children from their parents. And I I think he gets youth from them because he kidnapped oh, yeah. a kid and he turned from a very old man that you couldn't recognize into zachary quinto um did you ever watch the chilling adventures of sabrina yeah i haven't watched the newest season but yeah it's impressive garbage but it also had like a christmas pedophile demon oh yeah yeah ah that show was garbage but i keep watching it for some reason yeah I'll just probably watch the, the new season at some point. I <laughs> loved the original Sabrina so much, and then I was like, I guess I'll give this one a shot. Yeah, as a kid, I watched the original Sabrina a lot. Um, Big fan. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, Nosferatu is all right. I'll probably keep watching it. It's something to pass the time. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else noteworthy about it. Uh, she uses a motorbike to cross a bridge that was torn down like 15 years before, because uh, you know Stephen King ass bullshit. Because mm-hmm. um, she she's like she she's like got like you know like shining esque powers where she's like she's branded specifically as a strong creative, uh, so she's able to ride her red dirt bike uh, across a bridge that was torn down to anywhere else she needs to go. Oh my goodness! Um, but it, it, she can only access it from this town in Massachusetts. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, definitely yeah. thinks good. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, all right. Um, man, we I... really did grab a lot of Stephen King shit. Like, there's the portal. I don't give a shit. I'm not going into it. Um, <laughs> I forget. I watched literally all of what we do in the shadows tv show oh hell yeah it's incredibly like good it? it's really cute because it, yeah. it took me an episode or two to get used to just because you're used to the movie mm-hmm. um, i fucking love the female vampire so much Naja is girl she's so fucking funny the Naja and gregor thing 
Oh, yeah. Very appealing to me, especially because the modern day Gregor was played by some dude that was in the show I loved as a kid, Greek. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he's the main frat dude in Greek. And I was like, whoa, what's up, man? Um, <laughs> yeah, Matt Berry is a delight. Like, their husband and wife duo is pure joy. Yeah, Matt Berry's delivery is fantastic, like, every time. Uh, he, he's made for these kind of roles. He really um, is. Yeah. <laughs> him and oh, yeah. I didn't, at first, I didn't think they'd like him, and then you do get a few episodes in, and then you meet the emotional vampire, and I'm like, yeah, oh. okay. I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, lots of What's that, Connor? I was I was saying on cinema's own Mark Proch. Yeah. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah, he's I also very just good. want to say I have not watched nearly enough of this show, but I'm still just thinking about the name Jackie Daytona and laughing to myself a lot. Oh yeah. That that was like I, I haven't watched the newest one, but that's probably my favorite episode of the second season so far. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, I just I just did that episode the other night, and I just love like he's like going to Pennsylvania because it sounds like Transylvania, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I was like, yeah, man. yeah. Someone's like, you talk weird. He's like, what are you talking about? This is what we how we how we all talk in. I can't remember what town it was, but something Arizona. 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 <laughs> you didn't say oh, that. Fuck. Yeah. Jackie Daytona loves volleyball for some fucking reason. Yeah, he gets really into the local high school girls volleyball team. It's so oh, funny. It's so um, good. All of the vampires show up in the one episode. I freaked out because they picked some really solid vampires I love. Oh yeah, when they have the vampire and council with like... Paul Rubens from Buffy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, Paul oh, Rubens. Uh, they... so happy. They have Wesley Knight Wesley Snipes Skyping in. Yes, they do. And it's a shitty Skype feed, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Tilda Swinton from uh, Only Lovers Left Alive. That was very exciting. And I love that they just call her Tilda. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they all, they refer to them all as their first names, which is really funny. Exactly. Terrific. And they're oh, like, man. yeah, we couldn't get Brad or Tom to come. Like, couldn't get Brad or Tom? Jeez. All right. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that was a delight. Guillermo is really cute. Like, I, I thoroughly enjoy his just, like, vampire killer subplot thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, where uh, he finds out he's, like, a, a descendant of uh, Van Helsing. Oh. Or, like, Ancestry.com. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was, that was a very cute show. Like, I... Cause, I said like i watched an episode or two and i was like yeah i'll watch some more later and then i ended up making it through like the whole first season in like two days and i was like okay yeah this is this is going well yeah um, i knew once you started it you'd get really into it but like the idea like the idea of starting like an actual tv show is kind of annoying when you don't have it's one of those things i do like i run through them when i do finally start them but i keep like not starting anything lately it's the perfect time for when we have a media podcast for me to want to take a media break <laughs> yeah oh man but there yeah. there will be more shows because that was a delight and i want more fun things to watch oh yeah i'm glad you liked it um, for the wreck yeah uh yeah. the last thing for me uh is uh i watched I, I i still haven't finished the trilogy but i watched the second movie in korismaki's uh proletariat trilogy yes. uh, 
Ariel. Um, Ariel's very good. Ariel's really good. Uh, it's it's more like on its face funny than uh, than Shadow uh, Shadows in Paradise. Mm. Um, it's still very like deadpan and like dry humor, but it's like they also like go out of their way to like kind of be a little bit slapstick about it. It feels like like when he meets the woman and she's just like talks about having a kid and all this other stuff. His delivery is so fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh my! Like, I what I love about Korzmaki is he wastes no fucking time. Like, every movie is like seventy minutes. We're fucking in. We're getting to it. Like, there's no, no like wasted moment. Like, the movie starts with this mine getting destroyed that the main character works in, and then he goes to a diner and like is eating with his dad. His dad gives him the keys to his car and is like, like, I I can't remember what exactly he says to him, but he's like, don't like do something or you're, you'll end up hanging yourself. And then he cocks a gun and walks into the bathroom and then shoots himself Wow, um, off screen. But like the way they play it is just so funny. Uh, not, not to imply that suicide is hilarious or anything, but like just yeah. like, I will say in context, it can be very funny. Yeah, like, the, the just the, the way that Korizmaki, like, portrays it and the way that, like, people react to things uh, in his movies is very funny to me. Like, they're Kurismaki. all just so straight-faced. Korizmaki's always, like, playing tragedy as comedy, and I fucking love it. Yeah. It's it's really good. Um, Everybody's yeah, like, cool and miserable, but it's still really funny somehow. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Uh, he, he, he gets robbed, uh, like, before he gets to town, uh, which I think is Helsinki, I don't know. Um, he gets robbed before he gets to the city, but, um, and then when he's in the city, he, like, sees one of the guys who robbed him, and he chases after him. The guy pulls a knife, and he gets it away from him, and is, like, holding the knife, and is like, give me back my money, and then the cops come and arrest him. He gets sent to jail for two years, mm-hmm. uh, and and his uh, cellmate is uh, Mati Pelinpa from basically every other Korsmaki film, uh, and Night on Earth. Uh, He's kind of like the one unifying actor in like all of his shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he's very funny in this because he he's he has just... one of my favorite movie lines ever: "Bury my heart at the dump." Yes. Bury my heart at the dump. He he's cool. I I liked his character a lot. He was funny. Uh, he was he was just a real weirdo. Um. Yeah, it was a good movie. Uh, the uh the relationship how it started was really funny. Like you were saying, like they just straight up meet and like she's giving him a ticket. Uh. At her meter maid job. And he, he's just like. Want to go on a date with me instead? Uh, and she's like, okay. And then she just quits. It. She just throws her shit and they get in the car and drive off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a good one. It's a, it's a weirdly solid romance, especially for his films. Because they didn't, they genuinely seem to each other, but it is ridiculous. Yeah, and they're so straight-faced about it. Like, they don't, they, they do like each other, but they don't show any emotion about it. No, it's just like, you want to date? Yeah, okay. A mm-hmm. kid. All right, I'm ready to be a dad. 
<laughs> yeah. So fucking good. Yeah, it's it's really funny. Uh, all of his movies seem to end with people uh, getting on boats to escape the, uh, in this trilogy so far, at least. Um, you done? Is Match Factory Girl part of the trilogy? I forgot. It is. It's the last yeah. one. Uh, gonna try to. It's not a bad one. Finish up the trilogy for next week, but yeah, I think Ariel's uh, uh, of the trilogy. Ariel's my favorite so far. Um, I think it's my favorite of all three. I think Match Factor Girl's my least favorite, but I think you'll enjoy it because the whole story is just—it's impressive. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, have you seen Leningrad Cowboys Go America? I have, uh, but it's been a while. I, I know it's on the Criterion Channel. I gotta watch it. I think that's one that's a good access point to anybody who's never seen Kurosaki because it's just silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like like more straight up comedy than most. Miles, of I think you'd enjoy this movie. They all—it's just a terrible, terrible Finnish rock band. Okay. Okay. They all look alike. There's like 30 people in this band for some reason, and none of them are good. Mm-hmm. Um, Their bassist is frozen, I think, for most of the movie. <laughs> They left him outside while he was drinking, and then he froze, and they're like, shit. Okay. They just decided decided to tour America, but with his body, which they strapped to the car. (laughs) Yeah. It's horrific. Oh, man. Jim Jarmusch is in it as a used car salesman. That's right. Yeah, he does show up. I was trying to remember. Yeah, and the music is just very silly. And the great thing is because that movie did kind of well. They did a bunch of music videos. Yeah, turn into a real band. Mm-hmm. It's not a good band. Like they're not good, but it's, it's a delight. It is yeah. fun though. Mm-hmm. Oh man! All right. I, I did actually remember. I did consume a media this week. Uh, yeah. Uh, for the first time since October twenty sixth, Dan Carlin of Dan Carlin's Hardcore History has mm-hmm. released. The latest episode of his newest series, Supernova in the East, which is, for those who don't know, a four-plus part, it's probably going to be five at least, series on Japan and the lead-up to World War II, essentially. Just, like, the first episode explains how they got to where they were, and then the rest is just examining how they ended up in World War II and what caused it. Okay. And it's so good. Like, if you haven't listened to Dan Carlin's stuff and you don't like history, that's fine. Because <laughs> the guy was a reporter 20 years, did a radio show for another 10, and then, like, early aughts started podcasting was a thing. So his way of telling history is very storytelling-focused and very, like, he cares about the human elements more. And like getting bits and pieces of what it was actually like. And it's just a wonderful, fun narrative. Um, uh, these episodes are like at least three and a half hours long. They're it's audiobooks. Okay. <laughs> They're take fast. it he's done like other eras of history, like he's been doing this a while. Yeah, he is since like mid two thousands. Um the first one I listened to actually was not available anymore sadly because so long ago called uh prophets of doom which was a one-off four and a half hours which is like during the whole 
the reformation of the church the luther split essentially okay. it was about this one town that was a break-off sect of protestants that was another break-off sect that declared the world was ending took over the city in germany and just like it was wild to listen to just how like this cult of power took over the city and like a bunch of other like german principates were like Ah, shit. <laughs> Things just went really bad. That sounds really interesting. It was... There's, like, some Manson types in there, too. And, like, wild, wild people in this thing. Um, but yeah, he does everything from uh, ancient Rome, World War One. a quick recap of, like, the history of atomic weapons. Okay. Um... He, the one I think I'd recommend for you three specifically, though, if not that one, uh, Prophets of Doom, which is no longer available on Spotify or iTunes or anywhere, is Painful Tainment, which is an episode about just the history of violence and torture and what that means as oh, humans. Yeah, yeah it sounds very cool. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, but he's like, probably. Go ahead. I'm I was gonna say I love history shit. Like I was almost a history major, but I've yet to actually dive into any history podcast because there's so many. Like the closest I've gotten is like film history and then like medical history, but like never straight history because there's a, a a lot of them. And I feel like yeah. some are not great. Whereas like this sounds very cool. Dan Carlin, I think, may be one of the best podcasters of all time. Oh. Just in his the way he talks actually and the way he delivers stories actually affects how I write personally because it's so effective in the way he writes and you actually care like a lot of history even the good ones gets bogged down in like facts and date mm. without mm. things that make it interesting and worth learning like the the Japanese for example the current uh, series he's doing um it's actually a lot of stuff that kind of is reflective of the current situation in america in some ways and like it's very subtle commentary in there but you you'll catch it and he has like an actually good sense of humor too mm -hmm. like he'll catch you off guard for sure when it comes to that sort of thing. but okay. yeah the only downside is because he's a one-man show, is he will only release an episode maybe twice a year if you're lucky. Okay. Yeah, for like four hours of detailed history content. That... Yeah, and there's like show notes online, it's researched, it's, it's good. He also used to do a politics show that's kind of... He kind of stopped doing it for a while. He released a new episode this year for the first time in two years. It's also very good because he is i think it's easy to, it's hard to recommend politics to a large crowd but i feel like he's a good one because he's very at much an independent and say so if he's coming from a reporting background that's who would rather hear from than like i'm somebody who's specifically from a party no he's really good about like talking about both side points and like how the i'm not gonna get into it i'm 
I'm just going to say, if you want to learn some stuff or hear some interesting commentary, any of Dan Carlin's podcasts are good. Which I guess is kind of going into my rec for the week is just find a Dan Carlin thing and listen to it. All right. Very nice. All right, I think that's a good transition. Does anybody else have their recs at the ready? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I um, I will I will go with a uh, another podcast, Ooh. which I know is is a bold choice. I didn't hear any of that. <clears throat> I caught it. it <laughs> well, I caught it, but I'm going to ignore it, as that is debranding our own brand. You only listen to the show. Listen, I understand the, the okay, stealing so podcast you should podcast. be listening to. But here's the thing. If you're not going to listen to this podcast, here's a podcast you should listen to. Uh, okay. I, I will recommend, and this is a tough thing to recommend because I think a lot of people will not enjoy this. <laughs> but if you have the very specific terminally online brain and sense of humor that I do, you will love podcasts about lists uh, two-part cyberpunk <laughs> RPG uh, RPG series, Gun City. Gun City. So, podcast about lists is um is a podcast about lists made by uh, 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 a couple uh, three three Boston stand-up guys, one of whom I went to high school with. Wow. I must admit, personal bias there. Oh, I see how it uh, is. Where they, um, they, the ostensible hook of the show is they go through stupid lists on top10s.com and basically just mock children. But oh, that's show, so <laughs> good. No, that's well, the, the show, best. The show usually doesn't actually spend a lot of time on the top 10s as much as it is just, you know, spoofs and goofs. Mm. But, you know, that's a very good idea. It's a fun show. Uh, they've had some fun guests on there. They, they even have one of the Chapo Trap House guys on there a few weeks ago, which is. You know that's podcast clout, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. they they celebrated a hundred episodes with a two-parter uh, modified D and D cyberpunk campaign called Gun City, which features the kind of incredibly stupid and and rote comedy that I find funny. Uh, I won't describe great. it. In, I won't describe it in too much details, but I will like link the tweet to the trailer in the Discord and. If, if the if what you're hearing in the trailer sells you at all, you should absolutely listen to all like three or so hours of it. But I also have a feeling that some people are probably going to bounce off it pretty quickly. Definitely worth recommending, though. Heck yeah. Yeah. No, well, that... that's yeah, that's that's mine. Uh, the official title, sorry, is Gun City Operation Solutio Dark Brain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. No, that sounds very close. Danger Five, which is always a good thing. It's not really that. <laughs> I believe it. I will. I, I just dropped the trailer for you guys, and if that if that tickles your fancy at all, keep with it. Um, yeah, that's very appealing. All right, I just clicked to a steal, and I see the Numa Numa guy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. Um, I will have to pick that up. Uh, Brooke, what say you? Um, well, I my recommendation was initially going to be um, 
Mary Jane's not a virgin anymore, or basically any uh, Sarah Jacobson movie. But we've already gushed about that. So I will then go for a TV show I meant to recommend earlier in this. Because um, I watched it a little bit earlier into quarantine or like finished it. Um, the Hulu show Shrill. Okay. Okay. Uh, it is a show starring A.D. Bryant as like a journalist. Um, and there's definitely some parts of it that are like a little like annoyingly millennial. Like basically any show coming out that's about 20 and 30 somethings right now. Um mm like everything else about it is delightful like the cast is pretty fun like her boss is john cameron mitchell of hedwig and the angry inch which is very fun mm-hmm. um he's also kind of a drama queen so like in the second season there's just like he has a work party but he like isn't getting enough attention so he starts doing a song attention <laughs> it's moon age daydream by david bowie if i remember correctly and he like gives it hedwig all um like there's just a lot of like really fun supporting cast characters ad bryant is really solid in it mm-hmm. um, connor o'malley's husband, in that as well yeah her husband connor o'malley shows up in the second season as a weird mailroom clerk which is perfect favorite of the uh, show connor o'malley <laughs> connor o'malley um yeah he gets brought up in a lot of racks and that's yeah. totally good i know um, Katie yeah. harrison's in it yes yeah um her dad is Daniel Stern and her mom is Julia Sweeney. Um, yeah, like it's just a solid cast, um, really fun stories. Uh, despite them being kind of like a little more upscale in certain things than I like in, in my TV characters, but I don't know, not every show can be about like kids like K. Arnold can, so that's fine. Um, but like her friends and family and it's all just very fun um really short half hour episodes and there's only two seasons so it is a breezy show to get into um but i think it's pretty funny cool um for me i'm uh as of recording this uh this past week was uh this past friday was a band camp day um where uh like band uh like bandcamp waived all their fees that they usually have like they usually have fees when people buy albums on bandcamp um and even then it's not bad like bandcamp's probably like one of the best resources for artists on the internet uh but i bought like 10 albums (laughs) um hell yeah yeah i bought a bunch of stuff um some old some new all over the place uh i'm gonna recommend two uh two albums they're both pretty short uh i think technically they probably both qualify as eps uh one is uh i i'm gonna throw it in the chat it's uh coco roco by coco roco uh k-o-k-o-r-o-k-o um they are uh like i think they're in yeah they're based in london they're uh uh like sort of j- jazz jazzy afrobeat like inspired by like fella Kuti and uh ebo taylor and people like that um it's fun it's it's really like fun groovy music um yeah i've been listening to that on my like drive to work and it's nice to listen to, like that like groovy sort of afrobeat jazz uh 
I personally uh, am a fan of Felicuti. Uh, so it was nice to stumble upon this while I was just, I was literally just hitting like uh, random things as they came up on the Bandcamp front page because it literally scrolls through everything that everybody's buying. Uh, so I was just hitting uh, random albums and seeing if I liked them. I like that. Um, that's a good method. Yeah. Uh, that, that's like half of how I discover stuff on Bandcamp. Um, I would always pull the shit of like, I like this person. Who did they like recommend? Mm-hmm. Or they like, These are our friends on Bandcamp. That is how I yeah. found like three of my favorite bands in high school. Oh yeah, there's some there's some really good like bands that they'll just be like, oh hey you yeah you may also like this if you like Meteor Tees, uh, which is my second recommendation. Um, nice. It's oh, the sport, the sports EP by Speedier Tees. It's on Bandcamp. It's on Spotify, but I bought it on Bandcamp finally because uh, I have bought all of their. <laughs> their other records up to this point um they're so great i'm mad i didn't see them in concert when i was just walking by a bar in pittsburgh and they just happened to be playing there oh oh that would have been good it's um, with Alyssa, and she said no oh man i think Alyssa would have liked liked spirit no it was like eight dollars yeah super cheap man i yeah i wish i would have been there i would have just <laughs> been like all right i'll see you later i'm going in um no. Yeah, Speeder Tease is great. They're another originally from, uh, I believe, originally from Massachusetts. Uh, yeah, they're originally based in like Northampton, I think. Um, now based in Philadelphia, but uh, they're they're great. Uh, the lead singer and songwriter and like all around like writer of all their songs, Sadie Dupuis, is really cool. Uh, and also has a like a cool uh like pop oriented side project called sad 13 which i like but um yeah the sports ep by speedier tees i'm gonna say um i was going somewhere but i've lost it now oh i i saw them open for the julie ruin a couple years ago at mahal's what a fun night that would be yeah yeah that was a really good concert and then i saw them by the like uh headlining uh like probably a year after that but the, seeing speeder tees and then julie ruin was fucking awesome that's an excellent pairing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i think that'll do it for us then yeah, oh can uh, i throw I... up can I, can I throw up another quick rec then i just remembered this band camp conversation reminded me yeah so uh itch.io is a uh like a platform that people use it's kind of like Bandcamp, but for indie games it's mm-hmm. very good and uh they are currently selling a bundle the racial justice and equality bundle where for a minimum donation of five dollars uh there are now over a thousand games in it damn wow. yeah. and it's you know and i mean there's a lot of stuff in there that you know obviously no one's ever heard of or but there's also Stuff like Celeste and Night in the Night of the Night in the Woods and Overland and Octodad and like a lot of fairly well known indie games as well as, you know, literally hundreds of others for bare minimum of five dollars. You should probably I'm not gonna tell you how to live your life, but if you can, you should probably donate more than five dollars. Because it's yeah, split it's... to the NAACP legal defense fund, community bail funds. It's it's a great cause and it is like an astounding deal. I think it's it's estimated that it's worth like seven thousand dollars worth of games for 
Yeah, I think it's even higher now because I think they're now over a thousand games in the bundle. Yeah, they, yeah, there are wow. over a thousand in there as of last I checked. That's yeah. crazy. It ends so, the fifteenth of June. Uh, so may not be relevant. This what this episode definitely won't be out by then. Um, oh shit! Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess not a wreck then, but I will highly uh, praise these people for putting this together. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. They'll keep doing, like, not just them specifically, but I've noticed a lot of folks have been doing really good, like, their fundraisers or whatever that are tied to their product. Like, we're giving this away for free if you donate to these, like, very worthy causes. So hopefully there will be more of that, doing that, yes. and, like, we'll keep getting that weeks behind. Mm-hmm. Yes, shout out to... um columbus zine artist josh cheney who hooked me up with a bunch of zines because i donated to a bail fund yeah it's another one of those that went pretty well you'd love to see it folks Mm. love to see it yeah yeah that itch the thing on itch uh is really cool um it's raised like i think over three million dollars already like yeah they're shooting for five and they're at 3.5 yeah i know i know i I put down about 30 bucks for it because I spent about uh, 60 bucks on Bandcamp the other day, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gave what I could as well. And, yeah. you know, say say you have, like, a brand new computer, for example, and you want to put some fun games on it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still trying to download Sims 3. I'm working on it. Well, how about a thousand <laughs> more things to download? One thousand more games. I would definitely recommend Night in the Woods out of that bundle. Yeah, I was gonna say, Brooke, you should actually play Night in the Woods. You'll love it. You would really like it. I guess if there's a thousand games, there's gonna be at least five I like. Oh yeah. Hey, okay. You know what? You know what? If if that doesn't sell you, Night in the Woods, made by Pittsburgher. Yeah, Scott Benson. God damn it, that helps. Scott Benson out of Pittsburgh. Nice. I thoroughly love every time I go and visit my best friend and her husband and he's got a game that's like takes place in Pittsburgh and he's like oh hold on I synced up the game right when you see the city best for you <laughs> I was like thank you oh, adorable that's really funny well I guess that'll about do it then yeah I guess so yeah, yeah so watch some, some stuff and donate everybody yeah um sorry that Actually, these are like three weeks behind <laughs> Also, it's, uh, yeah, it only has a million to go for the fundraiser. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Get out there and donate, goddammit. We hope you have donated. We hope you've donated by the time you hear this. Yes. If it took us telling you, I don't know where you've been. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. Give me those assholes and be like, if you proved you donated, we'll, like, shout out your recommendations but i don't really know if anybody will get you i will i will send you pictures of my feet i cannot speak for <laughs> anyone, on the off chance speak that someone... for anyone else on the show but i'll do it <laughs> I'll, I'll share feet pics um on the off chance that anyone does listen to this and is like i like i want to give my <laughs> recommendation which is outlandish to me um I know. If 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 you do have receipts of donating to this or really any other bail fund, I'll like I'll fucking watch what you want me to. Uh, I would love, yeah, you know what? I would love we'll a mailbag. We'll review whatever you want us to. 
Yeah. Yes. Positively. Yeah. We'll see. I'll like whatever well, the fuck you tell me to like, man. I'll say something nice. <laughs> I promise nothing, but I still <laughs> might do something. I'll probably watch it or listen to it, but that's about it. Then, then I'll talk. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for us. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see you Alrighty. next week. Yeah. Later, days. Thank you.